0: Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Okay, so it's now time for the Word of God and we have our Simon coming up to preach. So come on, say, get, let's get up and let me pray for you. So, Father, we just thank you for this mighty man of God, Lord. We thank you for the way that he delivers your word. Father, this word that you've downloaded tonight, just let it go deep into the hearts of your children, Lord. And as they walk out back into the world, Father, that the the seed does not fall on rocky ground, but it takes root and it starts to grow. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Evening. Good to see you all. So today I'm going to be preaching on something that I've prayed for years Um, it's a wonderful part of scripture and I'm preaching to each and every person in this room whether you've been walking with God for years or whether you've just given your life to God or you've just become a member that it makes no difference this scripture that I'm going to be talking about is a little prayer but it's got a big prize and it's from 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. It's the prayer of Jabez. It's flipping awesome. So, before we start, let's look at this. God was definitely, definitely trying to tell us something when he put this in the Bible. Because as you read through 1 Chronicles 4, it's a bit, it's a bit boring. It talks about. I'll, I'll try and read some of these names. It talks about. And Coz, who was the, this is verse 8. And Coz was the father of Anub and Hazababa and the clans of Harabahomhioha, son of Harum. And it's like, you're not going to read that. And then it just stops. It stops. And at verse 9, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth in pain. I mean, flipping that man. That's obvious, isn't it? I mean, god every birth is painful no need to take it out on your kid i'm going to name you pain that's what jabez meant and then it goes on to say he says jabez cried out to the god of israel and he says this now you will have to excuse me because i'm going to get mega flipping passionate about this because i want it to draw home to everybody that's listening online but also everybody in the room including myself it says It didn't say Jabez prayed out. It said Jabez cried out. He said, oh God, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Oh, that you would keep your hand upon me always. And oh, that you would keep me from evil. And God granted his request, it says. Hallelujah on that one. And then it goes on back onto verse 11. Caleb. Shohamahamashom, brother, was the father of Maher, who was the father of Eshton. Then it carries on. But you can see that God was trying to tell us something here. God wanted us to understand how to have audacity to ask for more. Did you get me that drink, Claire? Bless you, thanks. I've got a bit of a sore throat now. I hope I've not caught it off you. Bless you, thank you. So, i'm flipping looking forward to seeing my pastors next week here it's gonna be good to have them back that's for sure so let's touch on the first line it says oh that you would bless me indeed is it possible that god wants us to be selfish in our prayers to ask the lord for more you see blessing is not about sneezing blessing is preached from the pulpit all around the world we say it to our grandmas when they sneeze. Oh, bless you. It's no wonder that the word blessing has been watered down to the same level as have a nice day. People say it, hold the door, Ah, oh, bless you. They don't really mean it in the biblical sense. And it's no wonder Christians aren't desperate like Jabez was. A lot of earnest Christians take it as a sign of immaturity to think such thoughts as to be blessed. How many of us in the room today, let's be honest, have felt like that? Well, I don't want to ask for too much. I've I've got good health and, you know, I I make ends meet and, you know, that's all right. Rubbish. So many have been taught to believe that we've got to suffer for Jesus. Absolute rubbish. He's already suffered for us. He died 2,000 years ago and got beat down. I preached on the cross about three weeks ago on this very subject. He suffered for us. He sure as heck don't need little old you and me to try and suffer for him, to try and prove a point. He loves us, and he's given us everything that we need. You don't need to be poor and live a little humble life. Even that's been warped in the Christian walk uh, and things that you hear and see. What does that even mean, to be poor and humble and to, to suffer for Jesus? Humility does not mean to suffer and to be poor in spirit or in finance. And then, let's not get it twisted I want to say this from the start. This message is not about finance, but finance is definitely in the mix. The reason why I say that, let's be real, we cannot do much without money. And I wanted to get this bit out of the way at the beginning of the preach. We can't run churches. We can't fund mission trips. And it's very stressful when we've not got a spiritual blessing of finance. Let's be real that most of the people that are listening online or whether you're in the room tonight if I was to ask you and sit you down what one of your biggest stresses in life it would be finance probably debt struggle to paying your heating bills job loss your business is failing we all need a certain amount of money to bring some happiness most Christians in the room are going how can you say that we get all our happiness from God no we don't we get joy from the Lord Joy comes from the Holy Spirit, but happiness comes from happenings. How happy do you feel when you get a financial blessing, a pay rise at work, or when a business contract? You don't feel sad, do you? No. Exactly. So don't, in the same breath that they say don't have an unhealthy attachment to money, where you love money and you have to be rich and you love it. Don't have the opposite effect where you think money is evil and, oh, I can't pray for financial blessing. I'm going to have to work my own way and use my own strength to get out of debt in this messy situation I'm in. Don't have the other. So as I, is, Because as I preach this about blessing, each and every person in the room is going to have their own walk, whether you're struggling with your health, whether you're struggling with your finance, whatever it is. I thought, i would get that bit out of the way to begin with. So don't get financial blessing mixed up with a bad thing because as the Bible teaches, don't love money Love what money can do. So I just wanted to clear that up. But what I want to focus on is the biblical principles of blessing. Which is the spiritual impartation from heaven. The supernatural favor. We're crying out for the wonderful unlimited goodness. That only God has the power to know about and to give us. The kind of richness that talks about in Proverbs 10 verse 22. It says the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. And all of our work adds nothing to it. Notice how radical Jabez was when he requested blessing. He left it entirely to God, entirely to God, to decide what blessings he will get, where he will get them, when he will get them, and how he would receive them. You see, when we seek God's blessing as the ultimate value in life, we're throwing ourselves entirely into the flow of his will and his power and his purpose for our lives. We're showing God that we trust in him in faith. And as the Bible teaches, faith is the only way to please God. People presume that they sound impolite and greedy if they ask God for too many blessings Simply not the case. There was an urgency and vulnerability in Jabez when he prayed. In Hebrew, indeed, in his prayer was like adding explanation marks and shouting in capital letters. He was begging for blessing. And don't forget at the end it says, and God granted this. That's what we need to remember. When we pray such a request, we step into another level I want to give you a little illustration. You could just stick my title there. There we go. Bless me indeed. Amen. Mr. Jones gets to the pearly gates and Peter's waiting for him. And he says, How are you doing, Mr. Jones? How are you doing, Peter? Oh god. Got myself in? Fantastic. Come on through. Let's him through the pearly gates. And basically he sees a warehouse in the in the distance. And he said, Pete what's that over there? He says, you don't want to know about that. Let's just get you to the throne room. Come and meet Jesus. He says, no, 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 no. Being human, he was curious. He says, what's that warehouse over there? And Peter took him. He says, okay, all right, well, if you want to see, I'll show you around it. So they got to the warehouse. And he said, yeah, but what's inside? And Peter says, you don't want to know. Mr. Jones insisted. Right, so he let him in. Anyway, he walks into the big, Big massive warehouse, a bit like this with all lights, and he's seeing lots of boxes shiny with ribbons on them, presents. He said, Flipping out, look at all this, it's mesmerizing. Peter was like, Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's go on, come on, meet Jesus. He's like, No, no, it's got people's names on it. Anyway, Mr. Jones started bending down and said, Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, said, these have all got my name on it and Peter went, Yeah, they have. Anyway, he opened one up and it was a healing for his grandma. It was a financial blessing. It was a new leg for the amputee that he met on holiday. It was a healing of cancer for his friend that was suffering. He said, what's all these? Heartbroken he was. Peter says, the thing is, Mr. Jones, these were all yours while you were on earth, but you didn't ask. These were all the blessings you could have prayed for, but you never asked. And I'm going to back that up with scripture because you say, son, that's not in the Bible. No, it's not, but it's a great illustration. It says in Matthew 7 7, ask, promised Jesus, and it will be given to you. You do not have because you do not ask, it says in James 4 2. And we're not being greedy. We've got to live a supernatural life. There's got to be some difference to the authority that we're walking into as Christians. We're not defeated. Proverbs 18 verse 21 tells us that power and life and death is in the tongue. So speak life over yourself every day. It goes on in the second verse. It says, enlarge my territory. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Enlarge your area of influence. Jabez wanted more influence. Jabez wanted more responsibility. Jabez wanted more opportunity to make a mark for God. The word territory can also be translated as coast or borders. Jabez was speaking from a place where he wanted to grow more for God. He wanted to grow in God more. In his intimacy, in everything that he put his hand to, he wanted to grow. When Jabez cried out this request, he was simply looking at his current circumstances and concluding... Surely I was born for more than this. Anybody else feel like that in life? Yeah. Me and three others. You lot are doing good, man. How many, how many times have you asked God that? Surely I was born for more than this. He was saying everything that you have put under my care, oh Lord, take it and enlarge it. How powerful is that whether you're in ministry whether you're in the nine-to-five whether you're somebody's carer whether you run your own business doesn't matter like I said at the beginning about money we're all walking different paths of life with different struggles and strengths and gift sets and opportunities in life what is your blessing what does your blessing mean to you is it right to ask God for more business a blessing absolutely If you're doing your business God's way, it's not only the right thing to ask for more, but he is waiting for you to ask for more. Your business, your life, your ministry is the territory that God has entrusted to you, no matter what your vocation is. The highest form of Jabez's prayer for more more territory Went something like this. Oh God and King, please expand my opportunities and my impact in such a way that I touch more lives for your glory. Let me do more for you, Lord Jesus. That's what he's saying. This resonating with anybody? Yeah, come on, hallelujah. I believe God is wanting us to push the boundary lines. Of course he is talk about the characteristics of god for a second god is massive he's the creator of the universe he is the be all and end all he's the alpha and the omega he doesn't if he's this big he's this big being this spirit the creator of everything holds the universe in the palm of his hand do you really think he wants us to live small lives when we're deciding on the size of our territory that god has in mind for us we keep a human equation in our hearts that adds to something like this. My expectations of my territory is this. My ability, this is you and me, my ability plus my experience plus my training plus my personality and appearance plus my past plus my expectations of others equals my assigned territory. Whereas God's, is god's given territory is this my willingness simon's willingness and weakness plus god's will and supernatural power equals my expanded territory because it says in zechariah 4:6, it is not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord the thing is we ain't supposed to be big strong and great it's all in him and we trust ourselves and our lives in him anything's possible You see, you'll always feel fear when you begin to take new territory for him. But you'll also experience a tremendous thrill that God is carrying you while you're doing it. To pray for larger borders is to ask for a miracle. It's that simple. A miracle is an invention from God to make something happen that wouldn't normally happen. Work that one out there. God is interested in performing miracles because he wants to show his glory. He wants to help people. He wants you to live the life that you were born to live because we're all born on purpose for a purpose. Amen? The touch of greatness goes on to say, oh, that your hand would be with me. So now you've done it. You've gone out the boat and your comfort zone now you're in the deep because tomorrow and tonight when you go to bed i want you to pray this guys i want you to pray i hope you've written this down first chronicles verse 9 to 10 the prayer of jabez i've been saying this over my life since i got saved in 2009 and it's helped me beat cancer it's helped me overcome all kinds of obstacles in my life because I believe that I am blessed indeed. You know why? Because it said at the end, and God granted it. So if it's good enough for Jabez, it's good enough for us as well. So you're in deep, you've gone for it, and now you've come up against the cold hard stone of reality. And you're unable to hold the life that you've reached for. Now what? Because when you pray this dangerous prayer bless me indeed enlarge my territory you need a hand you need the hand of God now what having dared to ask for an enlarged ministry or business and spiritual transformation this is where most Christians falter they're being blessed beyond their wildest dreams that they never thought possible but suddenly the rushing wind that was underneath the wings stops and they start to feel helpless and start to plummet because we're human. Maybe your ministry, your career, or your business venture start to outrun your experience and your resources. How many people in the room have been blessed, but then in that blessing, you're enjoying it, you're getting amongst it, and then you kind of start to forget about God or who put you there. and You start to feel the fear, of your experience and your resources coming to an end, and you're thinking, flipping heck, how did I get here? Well, I know I got here because I was blessed, but now I'm not feeling blessed because it's getting tough. Maybe people around you are influencing you more than you're influencing them, but it's not a godly influence. Your new venture of ministry or business that you've prayed into massively starts to, you start to feel that it requires a person with much, much more ability than you'll ever have you start feeling like you're an imposter like you're not good enough you have taken the arm load of God's blessing marched into new territory and stumbled into overwhelming circumstance that's what'll happen you can pray the first two and that's brilliant bless me indeed Lord enlarge my territory decent and blessed it don't end there It don't end there. These two last verses are so important that your hand would be with me, Lord. When believers find themselves in this kind of unexpected circumstance, we often feel afraid, misled, abandoned, and even angry sometimes. I think we all in some way, shape, or form have felt this when things have moved far faster than we would have liked. Feeling like the wrong person for the job. Or, like you've got imposter syndrome. It's more common than you think. Maybe you're even a church leader listening to this message today, thinking that you're in above your head. This is normal because you're human. But the amazing thing is, Jabez cried out, he didn't pray, he didn't say calmly, he cried out. Amongst bless me indeed, and a large matter, he cried out, he said that your hand would be with me. I'm beginning to think this Jabez character was pretty wise because he knew what was coming. With much gifting comes much responsibility. With much blessing is much responsibility and much pressure. Funny, isn't it? As God's chosen and blessed sons and daughters, we are expected to attempt something large enough that failure is pretty much guaranteed. Unless God steps in, let's take a moment to, to comprehend how contrary the truth is to everything that we would humanly choose. Everything that God asks us to do, <clears throat> the blessing that we're walking into, the prayers and the dreams that we've got, it goes against common sense. It contradicts your previous life experiences. It seems to disregard your feelings, your training and your need for security. It sets you up to look like a fool or a loser. When you step into God's calling, when you step into God's plan for your life, not only is it spectacular and amazing, but you need God. It's God's plan for his most honored servants. But you and I, we were born for it that's the thing it was tough and it is tough but we were born for it that's the key he who he calls he equips he is the resource we're not my my experience runs out like this state there's my calling over there it's going to take me right over there but this is my little comfort zone this is as far as I can go and then I start to bob myself because it's just it, it's too much for me. Like, oh, running a business and running the things and being an holder of a church. It's like, no, thank you. In my own insecurities and my weaknesses, I ain't qualified for this job, but I know that when I ask for his hand to be upon me, I don't need to worry because it's his calling. It's his calling on my life. I'm just a vehicle and a servant and a temple. That's all it is. The key is is our dependence on God makes heroes of ordinary people like me and you and Jabez. Oh Lord, that your hand would be with me. With that, we release God's power to live out his will and bring him glory. Although what seems like an impossible circumstance, the touch of greatness does not mean that we are great. No. We do not become great. We must become dependent on the strong hand of God. Our surrendered need turns into his unlimited opportunity because he becomes great through us. And that's the key. We can achieve some amazing things. You see these evangelists preaching to thousands of people. It ain't them. They're anointed and blessed by the Holy Spirit when they pray for people and they're getting healed. It ain't the person. We're just a vehicle for God to work through. It's the whole philosophy of why Jesus came down in human form. God is a spirit and could have wiped out the devil and cleansed sin himself. But the spiritual laws say that a spirit has to have a vehicle, an earth suit, which is why he needs us to be his hands and feet. And when I say he needs us, it don't mean we can get too big for our boots because if we're not willing, it'll just move on to the next person. So that's why when we are called, when we are used, it's special. We should appreciate it. Then we come into land with this, keeping his blessings safe. Jabez was a wise man because he says, oh, that you would keep me from evil. Jabez's last request is a brilliant strategy for sustaining a blessed life. You still with me? Hallelujah. So when we start to encroach on new territory for God, guess whose turf we're invading? chris buckland on the streets you really think she's having a good time if this woman went on her knees every single day praying the enemy had flora because she, she knows that she is blessed and called by god with rob cully to lead this area of evangelism and getting on those streets she's on her knees because she understands the spiritual concepts of keeping me from the evil one she understands that prayer and staying close and intimate to god is the only way and that is why People are being healed because she's being obedient sorry to use you as an example but it was too obvious it's brilliant isn't it the stories that you're hearing from chris and rob are just phenomenal you see the more we press onto the blessed and successful life sometimes the more dull our dependence on god can become that's a warning for us all now let Let's get this straight. The more deep we're in, the more that we're going to experience more attacks on us and our family. That's not to get scared if you're a new Christian, don't you know, think flipping out a bit of back away. No, 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 no. God is an atom bomb. And the devil is an ant. That's the God that we serve. The devil is an ant. It can bite you on your little hand and you get a little sore and it itches a little bit. God's an atom bomb. There's no contest. When you are hidden in God, when you, when you spend every day seeking his presence, you're in a safe place. But we're going to become more familiar with the enemy's unwelcome barbs, distractions, opposition, and oppression. Now, if you're currently experiencing this, then you're doing the right thing. The more that he is entrusted with us, The more trials and tribulations that will come. We want to know. uh, Want to know the amazing thing about this whole scripture. Is what I've been saying all the way through it. It ends by saying. And God granted his request. And that is powerful. So I'll read that scripture again. It says. Jabez cried out to God. We play the last song Jabez cried out to God and he said God that you would bless me indeed that you would enlarge my territory keep your hand upon me always and keep me from evil and he said that God granted his request now as we sing this last song we're going to get the prayer team up uh, Paul and Chris and I'll be praying as well if you want to be audacious enough tonight to step forward we'd love to pray for you that God would bless you indeed in every area of your life no matter what it is we're going to pray God's blessing because we already know he's going to grant it because he did with Jabez and there's no difference we're saved in Jesus Christ we've got it all because of what he did on the cross and we're going to pray that it enlarge your area of influence your, your your territory for him and we're going to pray that his hand would be upon you always and that it would keep you from evil and he will grant it so if that's you let's stand to our feet as we sing this last song if you want some prayer come to the front and we're gonna pray for you guys